0: Welcome to the Vacate Victimville podcast, where we champion mental wellness and a growth mindset. I'm your host, Vernice Cooper, and I have one question. Are you ready to grow? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vacate Victimville podcast. Today I have a very special guest, and we're going to be talking about a very special month the month of October, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Welcome to the show, Tiffany Hall.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you.
0: Yes. So let me introduce you all to Tiffany. Tiffany L. Hall is the visionary CEO and founder of Positive, an empowering platform that helps individuals redefine their hidden potential through radical transformation, transformative breakthroughs. Drawing on her background as a dedicated nurse, Tiffany's compassion shines through her carefully crafted messages, creating a safe and nurturing space for others to conquer and overcome the most seemingly impossible experiences. After surviving an intimate partner domestic violence incident in which she almost lost her life, her journey began on a mission to waste awareness and advocate for other victims and survivors of domestic violence. However, it is through her personal triumph, Tiffany discovered her true calling. She is considered to be a radical transformation coach with a bold, undeniable passion for those she serves. Welcome again to the show, Tiffany.
1: I'm thank you. I'm to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah.
0: So the first question I always ask guests is tell us where you're from, where you currently are, and where you're headed.
1: Sure. I am currently. <laughs> I'm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That is the capital of Pennsylvania. So we're centrally located, about two hours away from Philly, about three hours away from Pittsburgh. So that's Harrisburg, where I am going to the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the mountain. To the mountaintop. <laughs> yes, to the mountaintop. That is my plan. That is my goal. To the mountaintop, whatever mountaintop that may be in life.
0: You know, even in reading your introduction, I love that the word serve, right? You have an attitude, a servitude. Since the very first time I met you, you just have a a natural service mentality. And so I just wanted to say thank you. And it's it's seen and it's appreciated.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah, especially as we talk today about a very sensitive topic. Many of my listeners are women. And so I definitely want to encourage them along the way, but also for people, the allies. I want the allies to understand how to best support them. One of the big questions that comes up is why do survivors stay in a domestic violence or abusive relationship? And I think that's a great place for us to start this today.
1: Sure, sure. What some people don't understand With domestic violence, you know, I've heard so many reasons as to why women stay. So when it happened to me at one point after it happened, we reconciled and explaining that to people, they're like, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? And this, this and that. What I would say is we say, oh, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Try your best not to judge. It's hard, but try your best not to judge. There are, for me, for example, you're talking about I had a stable two-person household, two-person income. When it happened, my life was turned upside down. How do you turn that love switch off? You build this life with somebody. you raise children with somebody. How do you automatically turn that, that, that love switch off? And it's not necessarily, you know, devaluing yourself. It's just something that you're comfortable and you're accustomed to. And then on the flip side, And it's not just women. For any victim of domestic violence, sometimes there are situations where if I leave, he's going to kill my kids. He's going to kill me. Yes. So sometimes the abuse is the safest way to stay. Mm. Because imagine you leave, you don't know where they're at, where he's at, where she's at, where the abuser's at, where the perpetrator's at. You're living life looking over your shoulder in fear. So sometimes if you just stay, you know where they're at. You're safe. Think about the woman who got married young. He was, you know, she was a a homemaker. All she knew was to take care of the kids. And that's all she knew. She never worked. That's her financial support. That's her foundation. And she's in a domestic violence relationship. She's being abused. What does she do? How does she leave? She knows nothing else. Mm -hmm. That's her security blanket. So I say, you never know why somebody does something. And I just wanted to create a safe space where whoever you are, you can talk about it. So I use my story. I'm willing to look crazy Mm -hmm. if it saves somebody else's life. I'm willing to take the hits from people. Oh, she's crazy. Why is she talking about this? If it saves somebody else's life, I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: good. Mm -hmm. You said a couple of things, right? One, I love this. I have note takers who sometimes message me after these podcasts and say, slow down so we can take Mm -hmm. notes. One I got was try not to judge. (sighs) Just be a listener sitting with someone without judgment gives them space to freely talk about it. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you said that. You also mentioned this thing called the love switch. <laughs> <laughs> You're married. <laughs> I, I, I am. And I'm trying, even when you think about a light switch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I do believe a lot of people think about relationships in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't think love works like that. It's more like that dimmer switch. Sometimes I just it's can't high, <laughs> and Sometimes that thing is going low
1: tell
0: it. It's not off and on. So when you said that, that just like resonated for me Mm -hmm. and understanding that it's not just about love. You mentioned Mm -hmm. stability, Tiffany,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? But our finances are part of our wellness, right? How we understand where our next meal is coming is part of our mental and physical wellness. And Mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that you mentioned that for the homemakers. And thank you again for saying it's not just women. No, it's not. Domestic and abusive relationships as well. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Even from a financial standpoint.
1: Even from a financial standpoint.
0: Right. And so, -hmm. I mean, this is a complicated issue. So I'm really glad that you brought up all these elements. This safety piece though, Mm -hmm. from your experience, did you feel like if you left, you would be in immediate danger?
1: So this is the irony in my situation. So we're just gonna lay it out there. I was stabbed seven times. Seven we didn't have, a, yeah, yeah. We didn't have a history of this. There was nothing that on that day of June twenty second, two thousand and five, that led me to believe mm. the person I was in a relationship was going to try to kill me. Mm. We didn't have a history of him abusing me. We didn't. No, it was one of those things where he snapped. You know, in any relationship, there's trials and there's tribulations. So what we were going through in my mind and, you know, we're 18 years forward now to articulate it better. And I'm able to I'm older. I was 30 when it happened. I'm 48 now. And I'm able to articulate it and stand in it. And I can tell you, we didn't have a history of abuse in our relationship. But now what we call narcissism, yeah, I could see some of that. But again, nothing that would say on this day, this man is going to try to take your life. Mm-hmm. No. I would have never thought that. That would have been the furthest thing from my mind. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really glad you survived. Thank you for your vulnerability. Sure. Sure. Stabbed seven times. And you are at a place where you've healed and even able sure. to talk about this person tried to take my life mm-hmm. where are you on your forgiveness journey
1: so at that time <laughs> you, you just want me blow going back 18 mind. years we you here? want me you want me to blow everybody's mind okay i didn't know anything else but to forgive mm. i didn't know anything else but to forgive at that time so i've been in my church for 27 years how do i know because I was there when my son was in a car seat when I started and my son is 27 years old. Mm. So at that time I had been in my church like nine years and all I knew was my faith was my foundation. All I knew was what drew me to church when I was 25, 26, 27, 30. There was something, there was some higher power that was keeping me grounded. So when this happened to me, I felt like this was my test. This was my Job experience. If this happens to you, will you defy God? Will you say, I don't know. I am going to draw closer to God. The next day after I woke up in the hospital, I remember I went to a window. I was like on the 10th floor and I I went and sat in a chair by the window. And I remember I just began to cry out to God. I need you to show me why you allowed this to happen to me. And I always say my why is not God, why me? Because there's no pity parties. You know, don't need a pity party. We're not coming. Don't send me an invitation. But when you say why, Why? for me, it stands for who healed you. Mm. So every time I want to consider my why, I think about who healed you. Every time I get tired, every time Mm -hmm. somebody's like, well, why is she telling this again? Because I know those thoughts are out there. Why is she bringing this up again 18 years later? Because I remember on that day, God, show Mm -hmm. me why you spared my life and I will forever serve you. So here we are 18 years later. God said, oh, remember that promissory note? Mm. I'm coming back to collect I'm now. I'm coming back to collect. I'm coming back to collect. And I need you to do what you need to do now. And I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> like I'm out of space in my life. Like I said, I'm 40. I'm two years away from 50. I know, like I see, and my, my life is good now. Yeah. I look at my life back then. It's not that it was bad, but it's just like, I'm a nurse now. I wasn't a nurse back then. Mm -hmm. I was in nursing school. The day it happened, I was actually coming home from class. I was in nursing school. I wasn't a nurse. I'm married now. My marriage is good. It's healthy. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what happened to me and where I'm at now. Because I need you to understand that healing is possible. Yes. And when you heal and when you forgive, you unlock some blessings.
0: That's good.
1: You unlock some blessings and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's scary, but don't be afraid.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I don't even know where to start. I, <laughs> I just got engulfed into the story, okay? The why for my note Y'all
1: caught that? Who healed you? Who healed you? Don't ask why? God why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- don't so send me good. no invitation to your pity party because you're going to be mad because I'm not RSVPing. You're going to be like, did you get the invite to what? I'm not coming to no pity party. I'm not coming to your pity party. No, no. Life happens to all of us.
0: It does.
1: Some of the worst things, something worse has happened to somebody else. Yeah. And they're still out here and they're doing what they're doing. And it's like, how dare me put my burden on anybody? (laughs) No. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. I'll go to God. I'll go to God. Mm -mm.
0: Thank you, Tiffany. Mm -hmm. I think the message of hope is super important. Yes. For people to understand that where you are might not be where you'll stay. Mm -hmm. And if you continue to be in good company, and I think that's why it's so important when you said earlier, try not to judge. That you have people around you. And that's why I was going to ask you, was there any people who were able to be around you during that time that didn't judge, that did listen? Um, or were or were you so isolated? Because you mentioned the word narcissism, right? And when you're mm-hmm. with a your narcissist,
1: mm-hmm. they can
0: isolate you pretty quick. And so were there any people around you during that difficult time?
1: So ironically, it was him who said, tell your story. So he, he ended up, he went to jail. He did go to jail. And, you know, we still communicated. And there were people who were like, why is she talking about this? You know, people in his family. Why is she telling this? You know, the embarrassment, the shame. I get it. Yeah. And he always defended, I did what I did to her. It's her story. Mm, that's- and it's funny because he always encouraged me on the flip side tell the story, don't listen to what anybody says. Like I take full responsibility for what I did, which is crazy because I used to be a part of a speaker's bureau and it was a survivor speaker's bureau. And that's one of the things that they were attempting to promote where you could have a perpetrator who can share their point of view. Because Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be interesting if we didn't judge, if we just took a step back, and we listen to the people who are doing it, telling us why they are doing it, telling us what they were thinking at that moment. Oh, wait a minute. We, we had a gold mine there. But because we put that judgment up and we put that shield up, we act like we're OK. We really don't want to hear that. You
0: know, no, not at all.
1: Yeah. 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 We really don't. We really don't want to hear that. There was a point where. After he went to jail, I did go to an organization because, again, PTSD is real.
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: Hindsight 2020. We weren't really calling it that then. Now, you know, we have all these titles that we can put on stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I can say I experienced PTSD. I went to an organization for help. This is what they did. This is, you know, what they specialized in. And the advocate said to me, how did you reconcile with somebody that tried to kill you? I was like, oh, this an ain't advocate. A space. an advocate. Mm-hmm. How did you how did you reconcile with somebody trying to kill you? And I remember looking at her and I was like, and that's where that love switch piece came. And I said to her, I said, did you tell me I'll turn the, the love switch off. And I remember I left. I remember at that time and telling people, so my isolation wasn't necessarily from him, because like I said, he did end up going to jail. My isolation was from the shame, Mm. not being able to say to somebody, I'm not okay. We dress it up, Mm -hmm. not being able to say, I feel like I'm about to fall apart. Yeah. I didn't have that safe space. And again, I don't know if because I am how I am. Like I said, I don't want the pity party, but it would have been nice if I could have said to somebody at that time, I'm not okay. (laughs)
0: Yes. Oh, God, that would have been <laughs> and, freeing, especially when you're freeing. dealing with, with Yeah,
1: and not being, not having to have the specific words to say why I'm not okay. Just listen, I'm not okay. Yes. But I was faced with the opposition. Well, why did you go back and this, this and that? So I became defensive because I'm going to defend my choice.
0: Yeah.
1: And next thing you know, oh, you're angry. Oh. No, I wasn't angry. I had just survived something I had never experienced in my life. I'm not angry. I don't know how to function in this. (laughs) I did something the other day talking to somebody. I said, if I could have stayed in that hospital, I would have stayed in that hospital. Because I remember I woke up and it was all over the news. Mm. And though they hadn't released my name, because back then they were more cautious about releasing victims' names. I was awakened by them early morning edition of the news. The sun hadn't came up yet. And they were talking about you, this woman who was, you know, a victim of domestic violence the day before. She was stabbed an unknown amount of times. Her medical condition was unknown. He had turned himself into to the local jail. He was being held on $1 million bail. And I'm laying in that bed like, what? Yeah. Like, can I call the news and tell them to stop talking about me? <laughs> like, can yeah. I just stay here? Yeah. And I thank God social media <laughs> wasn't what it was back then because I can only imagine, yeah, what it would have been. Yeah, that
0: shame would have became your whole life story, right? That story, mm-hmm. that incident, that season, that chapter would have been the whole book, right? And, and, and so you know, shame. It, like- yeah,
1: and you know, it did for a while, Vernice. It did because I bought my first home shortly after that because we lived in an apartment complex. I bought my first home and it was just me and my kids in my house. And I wanted, you know, to give them stability. I wanted them to have these roots to grow and, you know, to become and flourish and just a foundation of built-in love. So it was just me and my kids when we moved into the house. And I was a CNA at the time. I was working and I'm a homeowner. I'm getting $494 a month in food stamps. Like we're we're eating good. And I was at work one day and a resident grabbed my arm and she re-injured one of the wounds. And I ended up off work and it just started this downhill financial spiral in my house. I wasn't able to maintain my mortgage. I wasn't able to maintain the utilities. There was a time when my children, like our electric was cut off. Our gas was cut off from like April to August. And me and my kids, we were like a fortress. Like we kept our secrets in our house.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All the while, my daughter is in the honors program, in the gifted program at school. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My son is excelling at school. And, you know, I'm getting up early in the morning to heat hot water on a hot plate for these kids to wash their face, to do what they need to do to go to school clean. Every other day, I'm filling up the bathtub for them to take full baths. And it's just like, nobody knew that this is what was going on in our house. Yeah, Nobody knew. At that time, I was a part of some community things and I didn't realize back then the power that I had. And I made some, I ended up with a bad check charge because, you know, I'm just trying to stay afloat. I'm trying to survive. Mm. I'm trying to survive. I ended up with a bad check charge. I was in a situation where in the community, this was used against me. Hmm. This was used against me because of the position I held. Like this became my cross the bear. And I was just so ashamed. And now I'm like, I had a bad check. <laughs> like, yeah. But again, at the time, the shame and not being able to say to somebody, I did what I did because I was in survival mode. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I want somebody else to know, there may be some decisions that you make in survival mode. Do not do anything that's detrimental to your future. Mm. Do not do anything that's detrimental to your future. Whether that means revenge towards your perpetrator, your Mm. abuser, whether... Whatever it is, do not do anything that is detrimental to your future. You can survive it. Yeah. You can survive it. There's a couple of things. One,
0: the fullness of your story is that you went from victim to survivor to thriving. Yes. Right. Because even the word survivor, domestic violence, it doesn't do it for me. <laughs> no,
1: it it doesn't it. do it for me.
0: And for many people... <laughs> who have survived abusive relationships, I see it bigger than survival. They've actually been able to transform. Yep. And there's a difference between surviving and transforming. To transform means to become a new thing. Yes. And over the time, you became something very, very new. Yes, yes. But it it didn't come without, which I what I appreciate about your story, it didn't come without having the revenge fantasies or- mm-hmm. The lights out, or because mm-hmm. right there, there's going to be consequences to leaving and staying.
1: Yes, yes,
0: definitely. If people say, choose your heart, it's going to be hard. Choose your leave, heart. And it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to leave. Yes, yes. So I love yes. that you said, just don't do anything that will be detrimental to yeah. your future.
1: Yeah. And just like you said, even if that's staying, mm-hmm. even if that's staying, because one day you'll look back and you'll be like, why did I stay? Mm. Mm. And again, I first started speaking in 2006. And I realized that I wasn't speaking from a hill space. <laughs> and wait,
0: 2006, the year after? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I started speaking the year after. And I came to a point, I just found something on Saturday that was so hilarious. And I'm going to post it. <laughs> it was from 2009. I was a part of another speaker's bureau. And it was my video from the Speakers Bureau. And I sent it to my kids. And I, my son was like, what is that? <laughs> I was like, first of all, what camera was that? And the makeshift backdrop, background is like some of my house pillows, my couch pillows on a step. And, but you can't tell. This is how long I've been doing this. Yeah, Like, I've been doing this for a very long time. But I stepped away from it because, again, if you would have heard me back then and listening to this, it was crazy because I say the same thing that I'm saying now about I'm not going to compromise my truth. I was like, "Dang, since you've been consistent in who you are,
0: what the only different? difference,
1: yeah, just the only that. difference is." And again, it was my truth and it was my story, mm-hmm. but to a woman who may have been in a position where her relationship is detrimental to her life. Hmm. It's detrimental to her life. He is beating her each and every moment. He just gets a chance. Every time he's angry, every time like she bears the brunt of it, he bears the brunt of it. Somebody bears the brunt of it. The children bear the brunt of it. At that time, it was like the way I was telling it was glamorizing it. Hmm. We reconciled, we're good. And again, Mm, you know, when I started to heal, it's like, Tiffany, you gotta be careful of the message that you're sending. Yeah, You have to be able, like I said, now I can take the hits. Yes, I stay. Yes, we reconciled. But again, I know my mind space wasn't in the right place. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I'm not going to, now I can say, everybody's situation is different. It is, you know, I've had, yeah, I've had family members come to me about their family members who are in abusive relationships. And it's like, you know, my sister got angry with me, my daughter got angry with me. And I have calmly had to say, you have to let it play out.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: No matter how much that hurts you, Mm -hmm. if your loved one does not want to leave, you cannot make them. Leave. Yeah. And
0: that's sometimes,
1: though, yeah. 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 And sometimes it costs them their life, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Because how do family members and close friends respect the autonomy? Yes. How do they respect the autonomy of the victim, the survivor? How right. They-
1: it's a matter of, and even advocates, and advocate. even advocates. Ensuring. So when I have somebody come to me, you know, they come to me. My first question is, are you safe? That's what I want to know. Are you safe? Are you on a safe space? If you are not in a safe space, what can we do to get you in a safe space? And are you ready? Because I don't want to waste resources if you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will tell you what you want to hear.
0: Of course, because they don't feel safe.
1: Because they don't In feel the conversation, safe. right?
0: Because they go back to this whole thing around shame. Yes. Judgment. Yes. I don't want to be in a relationship where being physically, emotionally, or financially abused, and then being in this emotionally abusive relationship with you judging me.
1: <laughs> it's right. Like, I'm not telling her this, but that's why, you know, you see the silence. There's so much silence. around. Think about this. October is also breast cancer awareness month. Mm -hmm. People are proud in their pink. Mm -hmm. People support breast cancer survivors. People are out here. Let's have a walk. Let's do this. Let's do that. There is no shame Mm -hmm. in saying I have breast cancer because everybody's going to rally around you. If you say I was a victim of domestic violence, it's like, oh my God, what did you do? That's what I used to get. What did you do? I'm like, what? (laughs) What did I do? We don't ask someone who gets breast cancer. What did you do to get breast cancer? So again, there is a a stigma that comes along with being a victim of domestic violence and language. I'm a domestic violence advocate. Watch your language, because if you're advocating for domestic violence, just when you say it, what you're sending out into the atmosphere is let's increase domestic violence. Hmm. That's what I hear. The power of words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a domestic violence advocate. No, I hope not. Yeah. I hope that's not what you're advocating for. And people are like, why do you have to be? No. Watch your words.
0: Yeah. You have to be mindful it probably comes from a good place they think they're advocating against domestic right violence, but <laughs> right. in our language sometimes we say that and then there there is a lot of shame based language in the community of domestic violence survivorship advocacy wellness centers that that help people who are currently in a situation because of the judgment
1: mm-hmm. right and the mm-hmm. shame and the stigma
0: mm-hmm. it's layered
1: it's layered it's a, it's a lot to it it's a lot. And and I'm gonna add another layer to you, to it. As African American women, we have a habit of wanting to protect our men mm. at That's all cool. costs, At cool. all cost. So what happens? He's abusing me, but um, I'm not gonna say anything. Because as black men, they already have it hard enough. Mm. Oh no, we we can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. We have to stop some of the things that, you know, we do. Oh, he was just having a bad day at work every day, every weekend, every whatever. Like we got to stop making excuses for people. When I read my victim impact statement, I read it straight based on the facts. I never said a word about At that time, didn't even know what his sentence and, you know, what he was thinking sentencing wise. I just read my victim impact statement because I was still the victim and I still felt like he needed to take responsibility for his actions, Mm -hmm. whatever that was going to be. If it meant jail time, I'm not standing in the way of that. That's what he has to do. Mm -hmm. And I read my victim impact statement. And I remember to this day, the judge said, you spoke so eloquently. Now, I wasn't even speaking then. He said, you spoke so eloquently. His original sentence was going to start at 60 months. 60 months became his maximum. And mm-hmm. it was just because of the persuasion of my speech that really wasn't persuasion. It was just, again, how we said, how I want to appear with integrity and honesty yeah. and genuine. Like, you know, I'm not like, you know, where's the pitchforks in the Burnham? No, I'm just going to lay out the facts and what it was. And if that persuaded the judge and what he thought, so be it. Mm. That's not for me to say that's not my role. That's not my role was to be the victim and read my statement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like people are baffled. They're like your story. And I'm like, yeah, when I sit down and, you know, I'm like, what? (laughs) Like what? It's <laughs> yeah. like some lifetime
0: movie that hasn't been produced yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's being produced now uh, on this. Podcast. So Come here, here's a question I have for you. There may be someone listening who, like you, it's not physical yet, mm-hmm. but there's some signs. There's maybe some control mm-hmm. issues that are happening. And there may be someone who's listening whose friend or family member is in a full-fledged domestic violence relationship. What is step number one?
1: Oh, being honest with yourself. Yeah. Telling yourself the truth because he had a bad day at work. Mm -hmm. This isn't because she had a bad day at work. This isn't about the outfit that I wore. This isn't about the friends that you're around. This isn't about, I make more money than you. You make more money than me. This isn't about being the breadwinner of a household. It's that gut-wrenching truth. This person, he and or she is this way, period. And there's a pattern of it. You see it day in and day out and you just don't feel safe. Mm. that's the main thing like for me I never felt unsafe
0: Mm.
1: but if you're in your household and you don't feel safe that's a sign because you should always feel safe at home
0: at home that's a big I
1: think that would be question number one why don't I feel safe in my household Mm -hmm. why don't I feel safe at home why is this not my sanctuary you know you're married I'm married Yeah. In relationships and marriages, you have disagreements, but nothing where I feel like, oh, my husband's going to do this or you don't feel like, oh, my. No. So you recognize the toxicity in the relationship, the unhealthiness. Does it not get back to center? Yeah. Like that's real life stuff. Is this carrying on? Are we what's going on? Are we not able to get back to center. Conflict in relationships is normal. Conflict in relationships is healthy because we are not the same. It's when that becomes unhealthy mm-hmm. or the patterns are unhealthy. Yeah. Question number one would be Am I safe? Am I safe? Do I feel safe?
0: Yeah. I think that's super important because even as maybe a friend or a family member, you might think, not think that they're safe, but they feel safe. They feel safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can't impose our judgment on them. We only can be there for them. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. Being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the very next thing would be just my experience working with women who just specifically women I have not worked with in, in this situation, but working with women in domestic violence or abusive relationships. The other question I ask is, what do you want?
1: Oh, yes.
0: Number one answer I hear is I want them to." And then I go back to the question,
1: what do you want? What do you want? Yeah. Ask somebody that question. And just like you just said, people hesitate to be honest about what they want. You know, and even in everyday life. So can you imagine when it's, you know, something where you're in an, an abusive relationship and you okay. say, what do you want? And they say, and they're blatantly honest, I want to stay. You're like, what?
0: Yeah, no judgment. We just,
1: okay. No judgment. I want to stay. Mm. So what needs to happen in order for you to stay?
0: It's mm. good.
1: Yeah, what do you need to do? Because you may never change them.
0: Yeah. And that's so good because going back to respecting the autonomy. Yes. These are, we're talking about, just so everyone's very clear, we're talking about adults Mm -hmm. in an abusive Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. We're talking about autonomy. Yes. Anyone who's listening and they're a teenager, we have a whole nother conversation about that. But I'm talking about adults and we have to really respect the autonomy of someone. As hard as it may be. As hard yeah. as it may be. As so as hard, sometimes we want, we want stuff for people that they don't want for themselves.
1: <laughs> I'm a nurse. And I remember in early in my nursing career, having to be an advocate for, you know, my patients. Mm-hmm. If you just DNR, just say, they don't want to be resuscitated if they go unresponsive. And the family's like, why not? Because that's not what I want to do. Let me pass in peace. It's my decision and you get to a point where, or, you know, again, had this conversation, just, you know, from a patient perspective, you have a medical power of attorney, a medical power of attorney has the ability to make some decisions to over, to change some decisions that you may have made. So now all of a sudden you may have chosen to be a DNR. Your child is your medical power of attorney. They don't want to see you pass. Make mom a full code. So if mom goes unresponsive, you're in there doing CPR, you're doing everything to revive mom. The autonomy is respecting mom's wishes. Mm -hmm. That is so difficult for people to understand. Mm -hmm. The autonomy means you just just respect what it is. You don't have to agree.
0: You don't have to agree. Disagree, but respect
1: respect it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: respect it. And again, like I said, you know, when we're talking about a domestic violence situation, unfortunately, there are instances where people lose their lives. Yes. Thank you for saying it, that. Yes. It's a reality. Speaking of, Yeah, that's the reality. And that's one of the things that I started doing. So three years ago, I started hosting a candlelight vigil honoring the memory of victims of domestic violence who lost their lives as a result of domestic violence. And it was just as, it was to honor their memory because when I started out speaking again, I thought about it. Like I have stab wounds in places where we shouldn't even be having this conversation. So, you know, I think about that could have been me when I would hear stories and I'm like, that could have been me.
0: Yeah,
1: That could have been me. So I just came to a point, how do I honor their memory? Let's do this candlelight vigil. Nice. It's October the 2nd this year. The first is okay. on a Sunday. It's October the 2nd. Mm-hmm. Okay. For, so people
0: who are local to you, go ahead and tell them where that is. And sure. Tell, me, sure. tell my listeners how they can reach you because sure. this is a conversation that needs a part two. This is a conference. This is a whole conference. Let's go. Okay.
1: Tell, tell us more about what's going on. October sure. So people can reach you. Sure. So October 2nd, it's called Light of Flame, Remember Their Name, and it's, in, it's honoring the memory of those who have lost their lives as a result of domestic violence. Our Speaker of the House, our State Representative Speaker of the House for the State of Pennsylvania is our keynote speaker. That was, yeah, yeah, I can't even explain that. She said, yes, I would love to. And I was like, huh? She don't, even, she don't even know my story, but thank you. have several organizations who are sponsors, the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Domestic Violence an organization called bro to go which focuses on recidivism and getting back to that transition from prison to home and, you know, re-entry and stability. There is the Office of the Victim Advocate, which is a Pennsylvania organization, Downtown Daily Bread. Downtown Daily Bread focuses on homelessness. Okay. And the irony, what is the potential that could happen after being a victim of domestic okay. violence? The homelessness. So there's them, there's an organization called Beehive Affordable Housing and another domestic violence organization called Survive and Tell. So I'm excited and it's right on our state capital steps. So I'm like, dang! Hey, year one, I started in one place. Now it's like year three, it's on our state capital steps to get in contact with me on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. I am Tiffany L. Hall and it's T-I-F-F. I-N-E-Y-L Hall. And my website is www.tiffanylhall.com.
0: Thank you so much, Tiffany. Thank you. As Thank you, you said, this is a conference. This is a conference. There's so much Ooh. more to shed light on as it relates to domestic violence. And so mm-hmm. I just really appreciate you taking out the time to come here and pour into, share vulnerably your experience, but also to pour into our Vacate Victimville audience. Um, For many of the listeners, I have a story in my book around domestic violence called Contentment Road, right? And sometimes we think that we're content somewhere and we're really just complacent. And so I really appreciate you coming to my victorious vacators. You know what to do. Keep moving because movement (laughs) is the only transportation to your transformation.
1: Thank you. Thank you
0: and for my listeners you know what to do keep moving because movement is the transportation to your transformation see you all next time
1: bye -bye.